Hi everyone, it's Ruben here. Uh, a quick note before we begin is that this episode is audio taken directly from our Deep Impact livestream, which means its audio quality is not as good as normal episodes, um, but it's still pretty good, it still should be okay. This is the final episode, um, and actually if you want to check out the Deep Impact livestream that we did, the segments for those are all going up on YouTube as we speak, so head on over to the Doof Media YouTube channel and you can check it out. Um, enjoy the final episode, see you soon, I love you, goodbye. Hello and welcome to Deep Impact, a proud member of the Doof Network where we dive deep into Wabo's most deep impacted work five years on. Coming up next is Elliot Diebold. And that, for the final time, was Ruben Morehouse. For the final time, coming at you live, here we go. Wait Um, till you see our special $2,000 thing that makes that true. Oh yeah, well, (laughs) yeah. Um, We are here live in our all packed up live stream. We're talking about the epilogue here. Um, It's coming to an end, Elliot. God. Yeah, I'm, I'm a mess of different emotions right now yeah it's weird isn't it mm-hmm. um it's weird to you know when we were doing our notes for the epilogue like yesterday or the day before it really started to finally yeah. finally sink in yeah yeah um also it's nice to see you in person yes, for it's, once. Good, it's good to do this in person <laughs> it's a absolutely. different dynamic for our final episode which we never usually do there's not person. 10 second pauses while one of our internets farts out for a yeah, second exactly that's nice yeah we don't have to wait for a plane to go for my house <laughs> all kinds of good things um I mean, should we get into the episode? Yeah, let's talk it. about it. Let's do it. The let's final, it. for one final time, let's uh, dive deep into Pact. Um, so the epilogue begins with a man riding his bike and getting this kind of beautiful taste of freedom. He and his companion stop in a small town to grab a burger to get some food. Yeah, and I mean, I, I love how this is set up because at the start I was like, is this Is this Blake? Blake? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it so feels like Blake. And it's weird because... I mean, Dom, who we find out is the name of this point yeah. of view character, he actually genuinely, genuinely has the same perspective as Blake does. Yeah, and I mean, I, I mean that's why they would have gone travelling yeah. with him, right? Like, the the affinity yeah. and the connection that would have instantly formed between Dom and Blake yeah. and Evan. Um, like, you can see, like, as it unfolds and you see that this is a guy who's been travelling with Blake, you're like, I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Now, I'm going to have to pause you, Elliot, because we just got a $20 donation, donation. on the stream from Aquabuddha. Aquabuddha, thank you. You're now immortalised forever in our final episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but talking about Dom and Blake and how similar they feel, um, yeah, it's wild. And we'll touch on it in a bit, but there's this, like, vibe of th- how they feel about the bike and the sense of freedom that they get, which is actually just exactly the same, almost verbatim of what we heard from Blake when he was in Toronto. Yeah, um, I, I'm jumping ahead a little bit in the notes, but there was a quote uh, from, I think it's 7.3, when Blake was in his, like, you know, safe zone. No, thank you. Um, when Blake was in his safe zone yeah. after Isadora, uh, you know, gave him a, a little mauling. Yeah, um, yeah. In the dream, I, I <laughs> yeah. refer to that as the dream sequence. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the dreamscape. The, the words he uses to describe the air there are pretty much word for word how Dom describes the yeah, air, yeah. Dry, like, as he's riding into Jacob's Bell. Like, you're absolutely meant to tie those two Yeah, actually, I pulled out this quote down here where it's like, Even with his helmet on, he could smell and taste the trees and grass. The faint aroma of gasoline and exhaust was one he very much enjoyed. Like... In fact, he even describes it as there was a vague high that came from him, you know, having this oxygen and this freedom. And and he compares himself in the bike to the cars. It's like, it's so Blake. It's beautiful. It's lovely. 
Uh, and and there is like a dreamlike p- beauty mm. to to this opening because yeah. you like there was something kind of surreal about it, and I think having that dream world back in Arc Seven made it feel like that even more because that's the one thing we have to compare it to, and. So it's like, you know, there's just... And it's so good. I mean, Pact has been such a dark... Yes. Dark story. Yeah. And so to have this... this Just this beautiful landscape, it almost felt dreamlike to me. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And, like, I really I really like that. And, and that kept that mystery that really drives most of this chapter alive, which is, what is happening? That, that's sort of where you are from the first half of yeah. the chapter, at least. Yeah. And this question of, like, who is this? Like, yeah. it feels like Blake. And it... I mean... I think Wabo wrote this to intentionally trick you into thinking that it is Blake for parts of it. Because there's no drama here. Mm. Like, this is just such a peaceful, resolution-based epilogue. The way I think Wabo worked a little bit of a hook in to keep you interested is that mystery of who is this? Why are they so happy? Like, that's, you know, that's the way to create tension is by making us ask... Yeah, is this Blake who's getting his happy ending? Yeah, exactly. Um, now, we just got a batch of donations here. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> we got a donation from Ishimoradin, Kipos, Kirkistan, Leon Collier, uh, who was DDEV, I guess, but has a different name in the donation thing, but that's okay. fine. Um, so thanks, everyone. Oh, and oh. Old Iron Eyes. Thanks, Iron everybody. Eyes got in there. Um, thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for supporting Kids Undercover, the charity that we're doing this for. Yeah, um, yeah, it really means a lot. Yeah, it um, does. It means a lot to us. Uh, we'll yeah. get to all the donation bonuses in a second. Yes. Um, so, yeah, actually, the other point about this that I liked is, and this is what made me think that Wildbo was intentionally hiding the fact that this isn't Blake from us is he uses phrases like his traveling companion, yep. which are agenda, very non-specific, and are clearly meant to make you think, ooh, is this Rose? Is this Green Eyes? Is this Evan? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, even when we find out it's a female, my, my response to that is, wait, is that is that Rose? Is that, like, what's... Yeah, yeah. Who, wait, is it Isadora and she's I, back? I started going through the whole list. Yeah, I was like, it, it could be Tiff. Yeah. Is Alexis Oh my God, back? I wish it was Tiff. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, like, uh, you're right. I started to get so paranoid and all common sense went out the window and who yes. I started suspecting it might be. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but we find out it's Dom and, and Deirdre, seemingly a, a fairly new relationship, something like maybe a few months, no, nine months, eight months old, I feel. Yeah. I mean, um, they're, they're, they're in a relationship and they're at the point where they're going on road trips yeah, together. Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. Um, and they start talking about the place, they call it, um, which is a place that Dom was hoping to stop by at. Uh, basically a... I mean, it's Jacob's Bell. Yeah. It's, it's a condemned town that they don't really know what happened, and it's quite clearly Jacob's Bell, although that name never comes up, and I think we'll touch on that a bit later. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, I think this is where it started to become clear to me what we were doing by having this through the eyes of some innocence, because we don't get too bogged down in the specifics. Like, there's, yeah. you know, all the hand-waving. It's like, so what happened to this place? And it's like, I don't know, sewage or something. Yeah. Because like, that's all they know. And so it's like, well, that's all we're going to get to yeah, know. Yeah, totally. And this is an epilogue that isn't, Tying up every loose thread pack yeah. that left over. It is <laughs> Green Eyes, Evan, and Blake's epilogue. It really feels like the point of this epilogue is to show Blake has achieved a sense of peace. Yeah. It, it, I mean, Green Eyes and Evan obviously there too and, and get featured. Well, they're an important part of, of that. Of that piece, yeah. exactly right. Um, and I think the beauty of this and what really makes it feel so cathartic is how like normal Dom and Deirdre's life is. Yes. Like, they... They stop and and they talk about this burger that they get and how it's just like this greasy burger, but they take so much pleasure in it. And it's it's so beautiful of an experience that is like a perfect representation of the kind of joy that you can get from living a normal human life. 
And it's the exact kind of thing that Blake and, and all these characters have kind of been striving for, is making a world where people can have these human, nice, happy, wholesome experiences just from the kind of everyday things. Yeah, and because, I mean, like, that, that's, intru- that's an interesting point because, like, Pact, it wasn't quite about saving the world. Like, you know, yeah, if, you, yeah. if, if we jump into Worm for a second, for most of Worm, it was Taylor needs to stop the entire world from ending. That kind of became true for most of Canada or half of Canada or whatever yeah. in, in the Barber climax. Yeah. Um, so sure, if they'd lost to the Barbie, you can see why they wouldn't be able to enjoy these roads like yes. Dom and Deidre. Or um, I suspect it would be, they wouldn't know that that's what was happening, but yeah. life would just be worse. Things like this burger would just be yeah. shit. It would yeah, be a shit yeah, burger. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, you're right. They're, like The positivity of their normal lives just really emphasizes that things are good or you know yeah. life can be good again yeah exactly is sort of the perspective and yeah. and again like putting that into innocence really highlights that and lets us focus on just the parts of this that we need to focus on so we're not getting bogged down in where are the do shops yeah. where, uh, where are the uh, yeah i mean like, you call yeah. it bogged down and that's probably fair enough but i do wish oh, i still want to know but yeah like, that's know. not what this epilogue was trying to do yes yeah. and i kind of wish that if there was an arc of epilogues like we got in Worm, for example, <laughs> this would be the final one, obviously. Yeah. Um, but we'd get to see, oh, what does it look like for Mags to do whatever she's going to do next? <laughs> or what, is it, what do the Duchamps look like now? Yeah. And we actually do get How's some of that in coping with his fiance living yeah. in the abyss? Are they <laughs> falling in love now? What's going on? Yeah. Have they moved to the abyss? Yeah. Um, yeah and, and like Jacob's Bell being contaminated, we're kind of maybe a year or so after the story ends, it seems. Um, yeah. I'm so curious what that actually means from a, like, world technical implementation perspective, but I understand that's not really the point of this epilogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, we can dive into it, but that's that's not what the epilogue wants to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, Dom uh, starts talking about something that happened last year, and he reveals to Deirdre that uh, he makes a whistling sound, and this bird comes out, and he reveals that this bird was with him last year, um, and it's a cute little sparrow, and it's pretty obvious, basically, <laughs> immediately, that it's Evan. Yeah, this made me so happy. Yeah. Like, when you when a jumpy little sparrow came yeah, on, you're the, just like, it's the it's energy. Evan. It's yeah, the high yeah. energy that really <laughs> makes you think, oh my god, this is just clearly Evan. Well, again, you know, not what the epilogue's trying to address, but it's like, is Evan permanently kind of stuck in the headspace of a seven-year-old, or is yeah. he going to age? Or like, well, yeah. You know, does it, it, it doesn't matter, it's just... It's close enough that we can be like, yeah, this is Evan. And that yes. just makes you so happy. Like, <laughs> And the thing I love about this as well is it's so clear that Evan is talking in response yeah. <laughs> to the things that they're saying. I absolutely love this because as they ask him questions, he's clearly getting indignant and responding <laughs> and they're unawakened so they can't hear him, but we can kind of imagine the gaps there. Yeah. It's so well, it's so fun. There is one bit where he just sort of chirps at them continuously for 30 seconds and I was like, what's he saying? I want to know. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. But it's see, seeing Evan in a situation where he's happy and there's no threat it just makes yeah. me so happy immediately um so dom shows evan to their bikes and evan starts to get really excited when we see that there's not just one bike like last summer there's two bikes here yeah and i mean again it's just fucking adorable like and you start to get excited because evan being yeah. excited by the fact that it's two bikes it indicates pretty clearly yeah, that you, something's coming and you know who evan's probably going to be like partnered with yes yeah um so the next thing that happens i mean yeah you get this moment of like He's, yeah, he's really excited yeah. to, like, get Blake here, too. Um, so Evan flies off, uh, and, and Dom's a little bit surprised, uh, but Dom eventually ends up following him to this strange clearing where they see 
A girl with platinum blonde hair bleached whiter by the sun, but the voice, the laugh, and the fit of the seafoam coloured sweatshirts she wore suggested the latter. <laughs> now, I've cut out the part of that quote that means we know what the latter is, but um, we see this and... I mean, I immediately thought green eyes, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, but it's fun. It's fun kind of seeing this this poor guy's, like, unawakened brain yeah. struggle to be like, yeah. oh, yeah, nice, nice shirt. Nice uh, translucent uh, skin sweater <laughs> pattern that you've got on there. <laughs> um, and I think I like I like how that these sorts of bits of really obvious, like, you know, muggle blinders. Yes. I, I, they, they're, they're kind of equally spaced out throughout the chapter, and I think that's to make us look for the more subtle mm. ones. Like, there's a couple of... More, more subtle, like oh, that's not quite what's happening, is it? Mm. And and you you sort of trained to pay attention to those by these super obvious ones, like oh, green eyes is you know sweater or whatever. Yeah. Like, she's not wearing a sweater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she could be, but it's pretty unlikely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so Dom kind of calls out to her, and Green Eyes gets spooked and splashes into the water, and suddenly another sparrow appears in front of Dom, like uh, kind of swoops at him basically, yeah. and he falls backwards, and he sees uh, it's Blake. Blake yeah. is a sparrow. Yeah, again, this is another one where it, it's it's never said to us it's Blake, but did anybody doubt well, that it was Blake? Well, there's this one line where he says the sparrow had like a bit of twig sticking out, yeah. of, its fo- <laughs> out of its feathers, and you're like, okay, <laughs> we get it, well, but it's Blake. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's so, like, Blake being a little sparrow, it's so perfect. Like, this um, is just... Yeah, it's good, right? I mean, let's talk about this as, as the ending for Blake. Yeah, well, I mean... Blake always wanted to to fly. I mean, that that was a whole thing. Like, yeah. All the bird imagery in him was not an accident. Yes. And this might be a little bit optimistic or something, but like, I think this being the ultimate ending for Blake, it, like, like, even if he'd kept his body, if he'd never <clears throat> deteriorated and still been human, I think arguably this is better for him well, than being yeah. a human. The thing that is really interesting to me about that is if Blake was a human, he and Evan would still be going around hunting monsters, right? Probably. If Blake ended up as some kind of human, he would be putting himself again and again into dangerous situations. That's just who he is. Yeah. yeah and fair. I think I think that means that this version of him where he's a sparrow and, and his goal now isn't fight monsters, but we see later it's just kind of be a bit of a guardian angel to people. Like, yeah. it's such a better, more wholesome way for Blake to live than to and, be constantly sacrificing And to himself. be working for good. Yes, and not... Like, if Blake ended up as a human, and that was the the, the epilogue interlude we got here, that wouldn't be the end of the story, I'm sure, yeah. because Blake yeah. would go and fight Ur, or he would go and fight whatever. But... And we don't know for sure that he's not doing that as a sparrow, <laughs> I suppose. But I think it's more likely, from what we see here, that... Yeah. He is retiring. He is mm. saying, yes, I sacrificed a lot. And it's so that these things, these people could have things like this. And now I'm happy to retire and, and let that, you know, yeah. let that go. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so, yeah, like I love this ending for Blake because the more I sat with it, the more I was like, this is even better than if he'd just gotten out scot-free halfway through the yes, book. exactly. And was still human. Like this is, this is so perfect for him. It's everything he would have wanted. I reckon. Yeah. Um, we got a donation as well from Menor Leon. So thank you, Menor Leon, for supporting Kids Undercover. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's it's what he... Like, it's so perfect for him. It's it's better than what he thought he wanted, in my opinion. It suits him better. Yeah. yeah like, as someone who has made bad decisions for himself. And so I don't <laughs> want to say... Like, I think it's bad to say, no, your version of a happy ending isn't what you think it is. But also, he can't yeah. be trusted. <laughs> no, I think that applies to a lot of people. Like, you know, I, I, I've been through 
stuff like that. Like yeah. I've thought I've wanted something and then you get it and it's like, no, this is terrible for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, no, I think, I think that's probably a fair accusation. Yeah, totally. Um, cyber homes. Thank you for the donation. Love ya. Um, so Dom uh, heads back to the bikes and, uh, the two sparrows, Evan and Blake, I mean, are they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> no, the yeah. two sparrows, Evan and Blake head back and kind of settle into places, one on each of the handlebars and they get ready to, um, to set out on a little road trip. Yeah. And I mean, it's just like, this is where the chapter stops having that tension of the mystery going on like i was talking about how the first half of the chapter is driven or it hooks you in by who is this yeah. why are they so happy and now we kind of know what's going on and so now the story just kind of or the chapter is just like okay have all the positive vibes yeah. like it's just so much fun it's, the way yeah. the way Deidre's like oh i'm gonna call him ugly and evan just starts pecking yeah. her bike it's like... just pure fun <laughs> yeah right there's no there's no complications there's no threats it's, it's yeah. just to earn the respite that you've yeah. that you've earned, Blake. It, it's and pure happiness. Yeah, it's yeah. peace. It's this. It's peace, right? And it's beautiful. Um, should we talk about the fact that you uh, fully predicted this ending with your impressive speculation I, powers? I, I didn't remember doing that. <laughs> yeah, you had to tell me. You yeah. never remember that you've predicted these things. It's insane. But <laughs> no, the yeah. more the more thought I put into a prediction, the less likely it is to be accurate. It's always my throwaway yeah. jokes. That... You just made this offhand comment of like, "Well, yeah, I just want the ending to be Blake and Evan. They're birds and they're happy." And I was like, "Ooh, he's got it." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I think that's a testament to how perfect this ending is. Like, it was so well seated that yeah. this would be a good ending for Blake. That, yes. that was something that crossed I, yeah. my mind. Like, the bird imagery obviously has been there the yeah, whole time. Exactly. He, like, ba- he turned into a pair of wings before. <laughs> so it's like, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, but like, I think when he turned into the pair of wings, my first thought was he was going to turn into a sparrow. Yeah. Or not necessarily a sparrow, but a small but bird. A bird, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, they, they uh, Dom describes actually how last summer. These birds were with him again, and he describes this experience of Blake saving his life, right? Um, which was, the, the, he, he's on his bike and a car started merging into his lane, and he had this moment of realizing, oh shit, I'm going to get hit by this car and there's nothing yeah. I can do, until Blake, <laughs> I don't know, like body slammed the, the car <laughs> and kind of spooked it into yeah. not changing lanes. Basically, if you had any doubts that this was Blake, still... yeah. The fact that you've got a sparrow that's body tackling cars, yeah, full like, on body checking <laughs> a car. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's bike. Yeah. It's bike. Yeah, um, yeah, and I love this because it shows to me they've gotten away from this end goal that they originally had of, you know, I mean, Blake's goal is work myself to the death yeah. until I stop all the monsters that I can, and now instead it's protect, you know, protect the the wholesome people, protect the good people, like yeah, yeah. to make the world a better place, but in a way that isn't about tearing myself and the bad things down it's about lifting myself and the good things up and that's yes. so much more wholesome I, yeah you're right it's it's less risky um as well yeah um yeah like it does make me wonder there was some vibes here where i wondered if they were maybe kind of explicitly acting as guardians of the border of jacob's yeah. bell um uh, it's probably not worth getting bogged down in yeah that. we don't um, need to worry about how it works too much yeah it's not but, really um, the vibe but uh, yeah. yeah there is just like there's a nice sense that they're just kind of living a good life. Yeah, I actually find it interesting that they have decided to stay at Jacob's mm. Bell as opposed to moving to uh, Toronto or wherever. 
Yeah, I mean, it's on a lake, which is good for, for, good for, for green, green ice, yeah, and yeah. it's a forest, which is good for the birds. So Fair it enough. actually makes sense. Who needs more than that? Um, oh, yeah, I want to pull this out as well. So uh, Dom mentions that last summer they rode with him all the way to Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. Anything to say on that, Elliot? So I... Yeah. I there wasn't until you pulled the specific one out. <laughs> I pulled it out specifically because I knew you weren't going to dive into it unless I did. No. Um, so, yeah, like that, once it was pulled out for me, that, so that's where um, Zoe's grave was. Zoe Artana, yes. the witch from uh, the drains. Uh, that's such a nice little detail. I'm really glad you pulled it out because I would have missed it. Mm. I um, missed it until it was pulled out by, in our Discord. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, uh, that's, that's, what, and like, because it explained, I was wondering. Before then, I, I was wor- already like working on this big tinfoil theory about why they'd gone with him last summer and they weren't going yeah. this summer because this one they sort of start to leave with him and then they drift back off to the yeah. lake. Yeah, and I got the impression they're not going with him, and I was like, oh, I wonder why they did it last time. It's like, well, now now we know why. It's because he went and must have put that rose on uh, Zoe's grave, which is yeah. A I, I definitely got the impression also that they're not going the full. They're not going a full road trip. They're just kind yeah, of yeah. They rode going with him along. for a little bit and yeah. then they went back to the lake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't know specifically that it's Zoe's grave, but it's it seems like a yeah, good bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so before Dom and Deirdre head out, they kind of decide to check out the ghost town. They they head towards mm. the the entry where they can duck under a, a kind of uh, chain fence thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, the sparrows seem to not want to go in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a fun little tease at the uh, potential like mysteries that could be resolved yeah. for us like yeah. uh, like when this first happened i was like oh rose yeah oh are, are we gonna see rose we're gonna see alistair but yeah and anyway, i think this this part existing as well as what reinforced this idea to me of yeah okay this might be their role now is to kind of keep people out yeah which is not a terrible role um, no. yeah. the thing i found really interesting about this is it's never referred to as jacob's bell by name yeah right? yeah and i think that's so cool because it's this vibe of not only has it been condemned, but it's actually been kind of scrubbed yeah. a bit from like people's perceptions. Yeah. It's actively being warded away from people even knowing that it <laughs> exists or even being connected to it by saying its name. Yeah, they're not really thinking of it. And like, I, I hadn't noticed that until you pointed it out. And then I was like, oh, like, yeah. And, and yeah. Mags's hometown had the same thing happen to it, right? Like, we yeah. never learned the name yeah, of Mags's yeah. hometown. Like, that's just what happens to these places is they get wiped off the map. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I So clearly Rose has been busy kind of scrubbing it down. <laughs> um, we got some donations. We got a donation from Molly and we got a donation from Aqua Buddha. Uh, so thank you, everybody. Yes, thank you both. Um, yeah, so basically the sparrows seem to indicate, no, no, don't go in there. And Deirdre says, oh, I've got a bad feeling about it. So they decide to turn around. Um, and they head out on the bikes. The sparrows jump on the bikes and ride out with them. They drive on past the water onto the highway and leave it all behind. Yeah. And I mean, like touching on the whole Dom and Blake, like affinity, there's Mm -hmm. that bit where Dom kind of gets this gut feeling about the water and and the girl he saw. Yeah. yeah. It hasn't quite uh, cracked his innocence, but he's sort of like, why don't we drive down by the water? And then like Blake, like sort of looks up at him and it's just like, like, because Blake has been so stoic. Yeah. Yeah. Like so focused. So bird like. (laughs) And that's the point where like Blake can't help, but just like go and look up. And I like, that was the part where my heart just melted. Like it was just like, Oh, this is beautiful. It's so nice. Everyone's just getting everything they want. Like we're, we're just having no complications. Just like shoved down our throats. Yeah. I mean, that's why we don't, 
to be honest, that's why we don't focus on other characters like Mags, is because their story isn't done yet, and yeah, we don't get yeah. to see the happy ending for them. We just wouldn't. But for yeah. Blake, we get to see the happy ending. I mean, yeah. It's beautiful. Um, so there's a great line that I wanted to pull out uh, just after they start driving off, mm. um, where Dom is sort of looking at Blake, trying to hold on to his handlebars as he accelerates, and he says, uh, the bird managed a good enough grip. Though the vibrations of the engine had to be rattling the brain in its skull. Mm. The tough little critter didn't seem to mind. Mm. And I mean, yeah, like again, I was starting to sound like a broken record, I think, but it's it's so nice. Like that's such a Blake thing to be like getting the shit rattled out of you by the handlebars, but like... But being into it. <laughs> yeah, but he's not holding on for like, you know, I need to do this to save my friends or yeah. to save the world. It's like... I fucking love this. Yeah, and he just like, loves the, yeah, the thrill. It, it's so Blake, but it's so good Blake. Yeah, it's wholesome Blake. About. I love yeah. wholesome Blake. He's yeah. my favorite. Um, and then we get the final words to the story, which are, he smiled, accelerating, content to be leaving it all behind. And, and those words are so perfect to end the story on, right? Because yeah. it's, yes, this isn't in Blake's perspective, but it's the exact, <laughs> like, if, if this epilogue was in Blake's perspective, that's the exact sentence I would expect this... Yeah. story to end with well that's blake's happy ending as yeah. well yeah just yeah. leaving it all behind like you know flying off in, mm. on your bike or with your wings just enjoying the thrill and leaving all the all the shittiness all the situations that have been forced upon you just letting to let that go yeah well this ending is showing us not only that blake is happy but the other blakes in the world are, yeah are happy. Yeah, yeah exactly i love it it's so perfect ah <sighs> what a good story um, yeah, and in fact, so I, I think just to sort of finish up the coverage of the chapter, I quickly wanted to talk talk out, like, I went back and found a bunch of the chapters that talk about Blake and the others' happy endings, and yeah. I just wanted to highlight them, because yeah, it really yeah. re-emphasized to me how perfect an ending this was. Yeah. Um, so, I wanted to start in, in 12.7, when, that's right after when Blake gets his Pinocchio body for the first time, mm-hmm. and he gets out of the mirrors... Uh, and he, Green Eyes and Evan are running to Hillsglade House and they start to talk about w- what they want in the long term. Yeah. And um, Oh, yeah, running up the hill before yeah, they set it on fire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so uh, Evan says, we've got to make it. And that means you too. And then Blake responds, but what if some of us don't make it? Hypothetically, what do you do? And Evan responds, fly until I can't fly anymore. I'd want to ride a motorcycle again, but I don't know if that's possible. But, but, but... I can fly and maybe ride motorcycles if everyone does make it, right? So that's best. Let's aim for that. Um, so we got it. I yeah, mean, like, yeah, yeah that, beautiful. that's perfect. Um, I won't read out the whole quotes that I've got here, but in 7.3, we already talked about it. When Blake ends up in the dreamscape, he talks about how the air is so oxygenated. It's so fresh. It's exactly what Dom thinks at the start. Yeah. It's it's very, very similar. Yeah. Um, he talks about the simple act of breathing invigorated me. Not quite a high, but it's that, yeah, it's that same sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, in 7.6, he thinks on this again while he's fighting lead, and he thinks, I just want to get on my bike and get away from it all. Yeah, find that's a, so perfect. And find a place where I have peace and a nice view. Yeah. And that's actually something, the, the nice view of the lake is mentioned by Dom and Deirdre like a, a number of times. So again, like he got it. And then, yeah. yeah, I guess we've already touched on this, and I don't have a specific quote, but like, it's super obvious, right, that literally being a bird is is a pretty good ending for Blake. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked a lot, I, I, it's starting from, what, arc 8 onwards, about, like, yeah. there's not going to be a version of this where Blake gets 
to go back to being Blake at the end of yes. the story. And I think that was a given, I mean, from the get-go, right? <laughs> there was no way that that could be fully, re- you know, ratified between Blake and Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is honestly the best possible ending that he could get. And that yeah. makes me so happy. I think even if you take aside what we learn about his nature as a vestige and, like, the fact that he was already pretty gone in arcs even five yeah. or so, I yeah. think being transformed into a bird would have been a good thing for And he's still, like, Blake sentient. Like, yeah. yeah, he seems to be more Blake as a sparrow than yeah. he was for at least an arc or so. Yeah, I reckon um, he's happier now than he was for at yeah. least 90% of the story. Well, it's probably because it's concentrated him in, in a form that he has affinity with. Like, mm. yeah, it's perfect. Mm. Ooh, um... That's the that's the epilogue. And, that, and that's it. That's it. That's that's, that's it. That's the pact. That's the pact. All we're, packed up. we're all packed up now. Yeah. No, we're not all packed up because yeah, you know, beat me to the same joke. Um, because uh, this is our final chapter of arc sixteen, almost yeah. kind of. I don't know. Well, the, we had to do the discussion question at the end of arc sixteen, so we didn't get to do our uh, arc summary. Yeah. So uh, we're the just best, gonna fit yeah. it in here. So we're going to be talking about the arc as a whole, some of the themes that we liked. And I think, honestly, that's probably going to... Like, arc 16 is a microcosm for the entire story. So themes from this will obviously apply <laughs> to yeah, the it, entire it'd story. It'd be a weird ending if it wasn't drawing all the other things <laughs> yes. in and bringing them to a head. So it, it's kind of a summary of arc 16 as well as the story in general. Yeah, but before we talk about uh, all that other lame theme stuff yeah nonsense, let's yeah. talk about the meaning behind the word judgment okay <laughs> um so again multiple meanings a legal meaning and a normal human meaning uh the non-legal version of this kind of i mean what it invokes to me is this idea of like divine retribution of like you know p- punishment mostly being handed down for actions yeah and that's what is happening here like blake is being judged for the past of his ancestors Hmm. and the judgment is coming in the form of the lawyers slash barbatorum yeah um and i think that there's a nice kind of thematic crux of this arc yeah yeah like exactly like there's so much divine retribution coming like you could even say yeah the lawyers feel like they're divinely retributing i (laughs) yeah divinely let me start start that again like the you know the lawyers are bringing their form (laughs) (laughs) it's a bit early to be falling apart um you know, like the lawyers are coming down hard on Rose for kind of, you know, breaking the contract or whatever, or, you know, trying to escape the thing. So it's like, you can even see it that from the bad guy's perspective, like the barber was trying to bring, like the, well, the barber, from what we got when he was merged with Johannes, seemed to think that he's doing everyone a favor. Yeah, totally. By doing this. Yeah. So there's sort of like, from all sides, it's everyone kind of laying down this, this thing that they believe is what the universe needs deserves yeah like whatever um and you know of course eventually the humans sort of get there which is nice yeah i mean proves them <laughs> wrong right um we've got some donations we've got donations from sire swords thank you Funderfulness, some ragamuffin and aqua buddha who uh this is his second third donation of the stream so far so thank you aqua, <laughs> thank you, aqua. um we'll get to the donation rewards in a second yes. um let's talk about the legal version of judgment because yeah. this is also very interesting to me which is like a, a, a ruling, a decision, yeah. right? Um, a judgment is handed down by a judge, presumably, mm. arbitrating a some kind of contest. Um, so I think the way that applies here is the the core question of what, how will the world end? I think I could boil yeah. it down to of 
what Barbatorum is saying is the world is eventually going to turn to the abyss and then to the demons and it's just going to get shittier and shittier and what Rose and, and team are presenting is no humans can change things and yes that may sometimes get worse but it also will trend upwards yeah and so the question is will entropy win out as represented <laughs> by the demons or will humans be able to keep changing things um, yeah and uh, the spirits here are acting as our judge and jury and executioner, I suppose, <laughs> yeah. um, passing judgment. And yeah. the judgment they judge is in favor of humans. Yes. So that's good. Yay. I really like that interpretation. And like, it really makes you recognize like the judgment is the final part yeah. of any sort of like any sort of court, like legal court. So of course case, that has yeah. to be the final. Like yeah, it, it all just comes together so well. There's also like. If we're talking about the different meanings of judgment, there's like the similar to the legal, but I'd still call it like a more civilian yeah. thing, which is, you know, just having that ability, like, you know, making a judgment call, like just sort of making a decision. Um, and I mean, I think there was like a lot of that going around. Like, I think the big thing that stood out to me in this arc was how much everyone eventually did sort of come together and trust each other. Like, once we got past Elder Sister being annoying in the church, yeah. like, there were so many people who were able to trust each other's judgment calls, especially Blake and Rose. Yeah. Um, and and so, like, I think that was also, like, an important part of the arc. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, coming to this idea of, yeah, what you said, kind of trusting each other on these things. Um, and, I mean, you know, that trust in each other as well as themselves is what ended up winning the day. Yeah, totally. Uh, we got a donation from Synths. Thank you, Synths. Thanks, Welcome Synths. to the Immortalized Club. <laughs> um, let's talk about some of the themes of Arc 16 that are also just kind of microcosms for the themes of the story. Yeah. Um, I mean, here's a big theme. Blake sacrificing himself for everyone else. Uh, that obviously gets even worse if that was even possible in this chapter as he goes from... Uh, being a, a kind of passenger inside Rose's mind to a silent passenger there to taking over and exerting the re remnants of his stick body to yeah. uh, fading away to just being a pair of wings to <laughs> then a hand to then a, a hand a that can't really move and then to a bird. So it does end out uh, well in the end. Um, yeah, like I think that's the thing. He he gets his reward in the end for being so selfless. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's... It's been so much self-sacrificing yeah. of Blake, and finally, <laughs> finally, he gets to a, a point of happiness, a point of of point of peace. Yeah, it's I think he was always fighting for the right thing yeah. with a lowercase r, yeah. and uh, he's eventually rewarded for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, another big thing that we've talked about so much the whole story was all this uh, stuff about improving the system, breaking the system. Changing the system is mm. how I would now phrase it after yeah. Arc 16 because yeah. so it's not obviously necessarily improving or detracting, but it is changing. Well, you hope to change in the right direction, yes. but the point is, is you need to start changing to, to improve at all. Like that's yeah. like you, if you're not changing it at all, you're not going to improve or make it worse. It's just going to stay shitty. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's you know, like obviously this is a theme that really came together in Arc 16 when we found out what humans' role in the universe is on a larger scale. Yeah. Um, so, like, of course, it's sort of a bit of a theme of Arc 16, and it was of the whole story. It just didn't quite click for me until, yeah, it was said to us. So I don't know if that counts as clicking for me as much as just I got told. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I think that counts as having it click. No, you're right. It, it's 
like that's the thing is we talked about i think it was in arc 15 how finally all these things that that seemed at first to be a little disparate like blake's initial adventures in jacob's bell the toronto yep. stuff all these kind of the, the adventures through the abyss all this stuff where we're exploring these different aspects all start to tie together into this theme of humans being able to change and what yeah. does change mean and and what's the direction that I can go in and what are these current systems that we need to change against yeah. like it all starts to tie together and we really see it we see the the, the judgment the results of that of yeah. that in this arc one things like the abyss is such a great way to explore all of that because the abyss in general is not affiliated with change for the better it is largely change for the more painful yeah um and and like yeah yeah what i really love about the long form sort of stories that you know particularly wildbo does is when you take one of these themes you don't just have a message you know when you write a short story you're kind of trying to make a statement or ask mm. a question yeah with a longer story like this you get to just inspect it from multiple angles yeah and say you know okay so i'm arguing for change changes are necessarily good so let's build a place that changes everything for the worse yeah and integrate that in and and you know sort of make some statements about that yeah you're right it's not just a single statement it's a co collection of possible ideas about a yeah. theme but then i think the ultimate thing that comes out of that is yes change can be bad but this is what it also can do it can yeah. it can lead to these positive situations um and i think the next theme i want to talk about is the overall optimism of this story right yeah because that's really what wins the day in the end is the optimism the ability of of rose primarily but the whole group to argue that no uh, well, Peter as well gets some good effort. Uh, the ability of the entire group to argue that no, things can get better. Like things were shit before, and things are sometimes shit now, but less shit than before. And look mm. what could happen in the future. You could just be a cool bird yes. flying around and having a good time. Yeah, things are shit, and you're you're giving up and accepting it by not trying to change things. Yeah, um, yeah. Some, something that I think was also a recurring theme in Pact and, and came up a lot really at the end of Arc Sixteen is the fragility of these systems and these yeah, power structures yeah. um it, it kind of ties into what we've just been talking about but you know a lot of these things in pact seemed a lot more set in stone and less malleable than they actually are well if we can do one more capitalist metaphor yeah, for old time's sake <laughs> Elliot, I'm, I've been talking around that yeah, yeah. it's it's the idea that to me is that these systems that seem really strong on their face only are that because of the people that back them up. Because believe we believe in them. In them. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I mean, if you, you change the way you think about a system, if you change what you want a system to do, you can change the system. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, you know, like we read Sapiens on Media MD. We're familiar yeah. with all the stuff he talked about there about how, like, you know, money isn't really real. Like, we're not well, carrying yeah, around the things. It's just a bit of paper. <laughs> and we all agree it has value. And that's that's not so dissimilar to what Pact is saying about everything. And yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, in fact, money is kind of... Yeah. We are the spirits determining that money <laughs> exactly. has power, right? Exactly. Money is the, the, the deal that we all make. Um, but do donate to Kids Undercover. Yes, sorry. <laughs> money can also be used for good in this system. Capitalism is not necessarily always all bad, yeah. although mostly. Um, yeah, so, like, yeah. I mean, Took a weird turn in our charity <laughs> live stream there. Um, but, yeah, no, so I think the strength of this ending is is so well deserved because yeah. of all that because this was such a this was a story that so beat you down and was very negative yeah and, and like i liked that but there is just, just this turnaround like the last four chapters where it's just like it was all worth it well th this is the thing is it every time these sacrifices were made by blake and stuff it it was 
things sometimes got worse, but yeah. they always changed. They always progressed. And yeah. so it was this idea of we are getting somewhere eventually. It's not that things are continuing to be in the exact same situation. Mm. Things are changing and other threats will come in and it's continuing on. And eventually, once we've gotten through all the threats, once Blake has chopped off enough body parts, <laughs> we'll get to a point where we've actually stopped all of the challenges. And that's what this epilogue finally is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because the, the thinking, even as far back as Granny Rose, yeah. was if we just upset the table we can yeah. like alter the spinning top and then we just got to hope that we can push it in in a good in direction, a good direction. Yeah. and they eventually <laughs> got there it's the pigeon on the chessboard strategy of yeah, fuck exactly. everything up and just hope it works out in your favor <laughs> yeah yeah um which is blake's guiding strategy i guess yeah. um yeah, that's that's all the themes from this story. So thanks. Yeah. Uh, we will be, uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, we're going to be releasing one more episode, which is just our general retrospective. Okay. Um, yeah. If you're listening to this live, that's going to be the thing we talk about next. Now. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I guess um, check out our discussion threads. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we'll post a discussion thread for this yeah, one. Just a, um, what did you think of Pact? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. A, a bit of a final one. Um, but there, you know, we can't tell you when the next episode is because there really isn't one. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be more stuff coming. Keep your eyes yes. peeled. Um, if you want to review the podcast on review forms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, yeah. that will help more people find Pact, which I think in our contemporary dark ages that we sort of live in in today, this is not the worst optimistic message to get in front of <laughs> yeah. people. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, share the show, share the show. Uh, Check out our Twitter at MediumT Podcast. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, head to doofmedia.com to learn more about all the other shows that are on Doof. Because now that now that you know Deep Impact is ending, you just yeah. got to go to a different uh, Doof go to Media a different show, episode by episode um, discussion yeah. podcast. We have uh, a few of them. Yeah, we've got Warders running March's Madness at the moment, so hopefully, I get this episode out quick enough for that statement to still be relevant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. True. We'll see when this episode comes out. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, check out patreon.com forward slash doofmedia if you want to donate to uh, doofmedia and, and support all the great shows. This show definitely wouldn't exist. And this 24-hour live stream wouldn't yeah. exist without doofmedia. Yes. Um, it, it is very important to us. And this community that we've come to has, has become a really important part of our lives. So um, yeah. if you want to be a part of that community, it only costs you a dollar a month. Yes. Uh, and Wabo has a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Wabo. I mean, he wrote packed so you know you gotta you gotta, gotta give him some yeah, love. gotta give him the credit yeah. for that um and give him the money as, as a form yeah. of credit 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 is in capitalism it needs money <laughs> yeah so extend um, a line of credit to Albo by giving yes. him some money and then of course i think the donation page for this will still be live so we'll include it in the show notes yeah. if you're feeling extra generous and you want to give some money to kids undercover as well and, and you're listening to this after the fact uh, there will hopefully be a link for you to do What that. we'll do is, yeah, we'll keep up the, the donation for the stream link for a while. Um, yeah. And then we'll replace it in the episode description with just the link to donate directly to Kids Undercover. Yes. Not for the stream once we close all that stuff out. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so there'll always be a link to donate if you want to. Yes. Um, and that's and it. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. We've dove deep into Pact. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. It's been a, a really wild experience. Yeah, it's it's been crazy, but in in the best way. Oh. And uh, congratulations to Drunk Peter for yep. sneaking in. Sneaking as, in as... to be the last member of the Immortalized Club. Yeah. Um, that's us. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.